Welcome to Knowledgeable Aging. I'm your host, Jason Kotar. Joining us today to talk about air travel for the elderly in the time of corona is Bob Batchelor. In 2007, Bob started his career as a flight RN and has previously worked as an independent contractor nurse in many of the ICUs, ERs, burn centers, and several of the specialty units in the Philadelphia area. In 2016, Bob officially launched Flying Angels, which has grown to include nurses and doctors worldwide who accompany patients who have medical needs on commercial airlines. How are you doing today, Bob? Hi, Jason. It's a pleasure to join you here on Knowledgeable Aging. Well, thank you so much. I'm looking forward to our conversation. Before we get started, Bob, for those that are joining us for the live webinar, I encourage you to type your questions in. Time permitting, we will do everything in our power to get your questions answered. So, Bob, let's get started. I'm going to talk about the status of domestic air travel as of today. What are we seeing as far as the number of people traveling? Well, according to uh, the, the TSA, uh, who monitors the people who go through airports, um, right now we're at about 25 to 35% of people traveling today that were traveling at the same time last year. So about a quarter to a third of people are traveling um, domestically um, and internationally, it's closer to five to 10% of the number of people who traveled last year are traveling this year. Also, um, what's been a big shift over the course of, of this year is where business travel um, uh, constitutes the majority of the non-holiday travel. Uh, business travel uh, has all but dried up um, over during this uh, coronavirus uh, pandemic as a lot of uh, business has gone to electronic format and uh, Zoom conferences. So as far as what you're talking about, is mostly a lot of the business travel has, has dried up. That, so that is does correct. That include, so if we think about international travel, what, are we, what is it looking like there? Well, there's actually very, very little international travel. Again, you know, maybe five to 10 percent uh, of that, uh, simply because the vast number of uh, people traveling internationally uh, were holiday travelers. Um, and, you know, some some business travelers and obviously the business travelers, um, all the non-essential travel has gone away. Um, and the same thing for uh, vacationers. Uh, you cannot travel to Europe right now for vacation. Um, countries that had tourist visa requirements have simply revoked all of their tourist visas. So you just simply can't enter the country. Um, so that's one of the reasons for the, the big the big shutdown. Right. So where can Americans travel internationally, Bob? Mexico uh, is still allowing uh, people to come in. Um, Bermuda, um, some areas down in, in the Caribbean are, are allowing Americans to go. Um, but for the most part, uh, we are banned for leisure travel um, for most of the world. If you are going to uh, Europe, for example, it does have to either be for business or essential travel. So if somebody's considering international travel, what, what, how do they find out whether or not they can actually get to their destination, you know, their destination? Well, there's there's some terrific resources. Um, what I always what we do um, is we'll go to the State Department, the U.S. State Department, um, and they will provide terrific information um, on what the requirements are for getting into a country, uh, whether you need a visa, do you need any special vaccinations to get in, um, and they will often have links to uh, the, the, the embassy sites for the particular country, um, which again, anytime we're traveling internationally, we'll always go right to the government website for the country because it's been very dynamic over the course of the last uh, you know, six months. 
uh, where guidelines have changed, you know, on a weekly basis. One week you can get into a country, one week you can't get into a country. So it, it really, you have to just double check with both the U.S. State Department and uh, the country's website uh, to see what their requirements are at this time. Some countries are easing uh, their restrictions. Uh, recently, we had to fly, we had a company, somebody to Togo, Africa, um, and, you know, two weeks before that, we couldn't enter. Um, at the time we traveled, we could enter and, you know, you were required to provide a, a certificate of a negative COVID test. Um, plus, when you got to the country itself, uh, they were giving everybody who entered um, a COVID test there at the airport. So it's safe to say, Bob, that people have to be pretty flexible if they're thinking about travel plans. They have to continue to reach out to the State Department or the embassies to find out because these things could change, as you said, when you're trying to go to Togo two weeks before. So you got to be pretty flexible. Right. And, and some of the guidelines are for almost all countries. All countries want you to quarantine um, for two weeks once you get there. So uh, one of the cautions I have is you can go to a foreign country. Uh, but you're not going to be able to go out and 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 do anything. You're you're pretty much going to be stuck in your hotel for for two weeks. Yeah, I'd like to transition, Bob, if we could, to the safety of air travel. How safe is air travel um, in, in today's environment? Air travel itself is remarkably safe. Um, I used to uh, kid people years ago when I would ride taxis a lot. Uh, they would say, are you worried about getting killed in a plane? I said, no, no, I'm perfectly safe in a plane. I'm going to get killed in a taxi. Um, you know, air travel is safer than it's ever been historically from a pure safety point of view. Airlines themselves are remarkably clean. Airplanes themselves are remarkably clean places. As a matter of fact, you know, with the air filtration and the air circulation uh, on modern airplanes, the air is often cleaner uh, than you'll find in hospitals and almost always cleaner than you'll find in your modern office building, uh, simply because the air is recirculated, fresh air is brought in, uh, the air is very, very dry in an aircraft, which is really not conducive uh, to, to uh, virus transmission. And also the way air, without getting too geeky, um, airplanes have what they call a laminar airflow. Air comes in from the top and goes out through the bottom. So you're not really being exposed to everybody in the airplane. You're being exposed to maybe people two or three rows around you. So the airplanes themselves are very safe. Now, the qualification on that is much like my analogy with the taxi, I'm more concerned um, when I'm in the airport terminal. Um, and when people are getting ready to board the aircraft, if anybody has traveled in the last, you know, during this pandemic, when they start boarding a plane while they try to say, let's maintain social distancing, you know, you're normally crowded as if you would be. So in the airports, they can be tend to be very crowded. Um, airlines are consolidating a lot of their gates. So what they may have is they may have four or five flights leaving from gates that are you know you know one or two spaces away from each other so you have a lot of people in a congested area exact in in the airport itself so that's probably your your biggest concern once you're and they're doing a terrific job of cleaning the seats so once you've made it onto the airplane itself you're probably in good shape yeah so i was going to ask you just kind of just Expound on that a little bit. How likely are you to get sick, Bob? I mean, even though you said, you know, as far as the air, air quality in the airplanes, et cetera, I'm just curious. 
actually, there there have been a number of studies um, that have come out, and the the chance of contracting a virus while you're on the airplane itself is remarkably low. Okay. Um, a study out of Germany, uh, you know, back in March indicated very little transmission, and this was even before people were wearing masks. You know, now that you have a mask mandate on aircraft, which the airlines are adhering to terrifically, um, you know, the odds of getting it on a plane are almost, almost nil. I was going to follow up to that question about the a mandate with regards to masks is, so that is a across the U.S. for any domestic air carrier. So you have to assume if you're going to be in an airplane that you need to have at a minimum a mask. The airlines are all on their on their own. Uh, this is not necessarily a federal rule, okay. but it, it is um, it is maintained by all airlines. Um, you need to wear a mask the entire time uh, you're on a plane. Early on in this pandemic, people were trying to get away with you know taking the mask off while they drank, and you know they'd make a, a glass of water last the entire flight. You know now you can't do that anymore. And and what's really scary is the the airline scary in a terrific way. You know I want to make sure we're clear here is the airlines are banning people for life from their airlines. Um, you know if if they don't adhere to the policy. Now I'm sure there's you know, multiple warnings before that happened, but there have been any number of people who have been banned from Delta and American and United for, you know, refusing to wear a mask. And that's a lifelong ban. There's no, you can never fly on their airline again. So I think there's a, you know, when I fly, um, I see everybody's compliant. Everybody's wearing a mask. You know, no, you know, people are being very obliging and, you know, following the flight attendants, uh, you know, instructions. I'd like to take a step back. You mentioned the air terminal. That's something I never thought about before. Uh, outside mm -hmm. of what you, you typically know, which is the mask, uh, social distancing, possibly gloves, do you have any recommendations for somebody what you kind of should be thinking about when you're in the terminal before you get onto the, the airplane? Well, you identified masks and, and all airports have the mask mandates while you're in the airport. Okay. Um, and my, my best advice uh, to everybody um, when they're in the terminal is just be very cognizant of what you're touching. Um, I use the analogy of, you know, let's say you're in a, you know, a children's amusement park, um, you know, where you're every, every surface that you see, every surface that you touch, assume that it's contaminated and assume that if you touch something, if you touch a railing, you know, clean, wash your hands. Um, people should be carrying a uh, hand sanitizer with them. So if you inadvertently touch a surface, you know, clean, wipe your hands off. Um, you know, back to the uh, the airline safety and the cleanliness of airports, I used to kid people, you know, you don't need to worry about the air in the aircraft, but don't touch the tray table. Um, for years, um, you know, anytime I got on an airplane, I always had a, block, a box of Clorox wipes with me. So before I sat down, I would wipe down the seat and I would wipe down the uh, the you know the buckle and I'd wipe down the tray table and you know people would look at me funny. You know now they say, hey, do you have any more of those? Um, yeah. Yeah. But you know the airlines are, are doing fantastic jobs uh, and kudos to them um, for really doing a, a great job of of cleaning the surfaces of the uh, of the aircraft. So. Yeah. Let's talk about the cost of air travel. What have you seen as far as the cost of air travel from a year ago as of today? 
Well, the cost of air travel has really decreased um, over the course of, of the last number of months. Um, in the initial stages of the pandemic, uh, we were getting on flights and uh, they, they might be, you know, 15, 20 people, you know, on a, on a plane that could handle, you know, 80 or 90. Um, what the airlines have done is they've really cut back uh, on the number of flights they're flying, uh, you know, to maybe, you know, 35, 40 percent of the flights they would fly last year, you know, they're, they're flying today. So the, the airplanes themselves uh, tend to be tend to be fuller um, at the same time. Prices are you know, dramatically less than they were um, a year ago. Uh, you know, we're, we're finding you know flights from Philadelphia to to uh, Florida, you know, first class for you know three hundred dollars. Um, you know, which is really really quite inexpensive. Uh, the airlines don't have the demand uh, to be able to increase uh, prices, so they're at a point where they really want to fill every seat on every aircraft that they're flying, um, which is why they're giving, which is why they're selling these uh, uh, so inexpensively. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about our aging population. Uh, Bob, what are the requirements for our elderly that want to travel? There are a lot of resources that the airports and the airplane and the airlines provide um, to people who have any number of disabilities. Um, you know, at the risk of oversimplification, uh, for somebody who wants to travel on a commercial airliner, uh, they do need to be able to tolerate sitting in a seat. Um, beyond that, uh, there are folks at the airport um, who simply uh, will, will push, will take somebody and, and put them in a wheelchair and take them to their gate. Um, and then there were folks who will assist getting the person onto the aircraft. Um, and then get them off. Now, the airlines cannot provide, um, you know, uh, assistance to people, you know, let's say trying to get to the bathroom on a plane um, and, and the like, uh, but there will be people who can get people on and off the aircraft. Uh, and they're very, very efficient and, and very pleasant about it. What I always advise people to do uh, is if you need special assistance um, getting, to the, getting to your plane uh, or getting to your seat, when you make your reservation, let your airline know. Uh, most airlines now on their website will say, do you need special assistance? Do you need a wheelchair to get to the, the gate um, for somebody who can say, you know, can't walk through the entire concourse of the airport, um, or but yet they can walk the say 50, 60 feet on the jetway. Um, and then they have people who need assistance getting all the way to the jetway, but can walk the 10, 15 feet to the plane and then there's people who have no ability to walk whatsoever, and they need assistance getting to the gate, getting down the jetway, and then using a special aisle chair, a special small wheelchair, the airlines use uh, to get somebody from the door of the aircraft into their seat. How far in advance should somebody who's taking a, an aging parent who needs assistance, how far in advance should they start setting up, um, you know, talking to the airlines? Well, when they make the reservations, um, you know, that's, prob that's probably a good time to just let them know. Uh, several of the airlines have special assistance centers uh, where you can simply call in um, and talk with somebody and say, my mom needs, you know, this kind of assistance or this kind of assistance. And the airline can let them know 
what they need to do, you know, what they need to bring, what they what services they can provide and what services they can't provide. Okay. So I'm gonna talk a little bit more about resources for our the the aging population who wanna travel. Can you go into a little bit of detail as far as you know what those resources look like and where they can find? Well, there's a number of resources um, that that we list, and I if you have if you have the slide that I I provided earlier, uh, that might help. Um, the uh, the the first one uh, there's a company called uh, Advanced Aeromedic, and uh, I have a link there below for people who need oxygen. Um, airlines will not provide oxygen uh, to patients who need it. Um, and you cannot bring tanks of oxygen onto an aircraft. So what people need to do is they need to bring uh, battery operated portable oxygen concentrators. Um, and they need to make sure that they have enough battery power uh, for uh, their, their entire trip. So uh, aeromedic.com, Advanced Aeromedic is the name of the company. And their website is just aeromedic dot com all one word uh, they uh, they provide uh, rental um, for portable oxygen equipment um, and they can ship and the, the concentrators to where you are and they'll have it shipped back from uh, where you get to so they're terrific um, for patients that have questions about getting through security uh, the TSA has what they call the TSA cares program um, and it's, it's a relatively long link, but I would just recommend people Google uh, TSA CARES, C-A-R-E-S, um, and they'll provide guidance on um, what you can bring through. Let's say you have special medications uh, that you wanna bring through. Uh, let's say you have uh, a service animal. Uh, you'll probably wanna let both the airline know to see what their requirements are, as well as the TSA so you can get through security um, expeditedly. If you have uh, medication that needs to be kept on ice, uh, you can bring that through, but again, best to let the TSA uh, know in advance uh, what you're bringing. And there's also an organization called the Aging Life Care Association, uh, which is aginglifecare.org, all one word, A-G-I-N-G-L-I-F-E-C-A-R-E.org. And they are care managers who manage uh, folks um, who need extra care um, and serve both as advocates and the coordinators of care that they would need. So these links, Bob, are these applicable both for domestic and international travel? Or should if somebody has an aging family member or relative that they're taking international, is there anything else they should be thinking about? Um, if you, I, I would always recommend checking with the embassy of the country that you're going to go to. Um, the, uh, the the resources uh, that I listed below are pretty much um, for for domestic uh, travel um, and provide domestic services. Uh, I, the uh, advanced aeromedic uh, will provide uh, oxygen concentrators for people who are traveling internationally. Um, they also do it for people who are on cruise lines. So. Uh, that would be a resource, uh, but the TSA cares is really kind of limiting you is limited to getting somebody through uh, security, and I believe the Aging Life Care Association is is pretty much domestic here in the U.S. 
you and I were having a fascinating conversation off air before we got on, and we were talking about kind of how things have changed or evolved in the last, you know, six to eight months. I wonder if you could maybe talk a little bit about that as far as what you're seeing with your company and, and assisting aging individuals across the United States and across the globe. Well, what we do here at Flying Angels is, again, we have doctors and nurses all around the country and around the world who accompany people on the commercial airlines. Um, prior to COVID, uh, one of the things we were frequently doing is repatriating American citizens um, who had some kind of accident uh, while overseas, and, and hopefully they purchased a, a good uh, medical travel insurance policy. Uh, my, my, my advice to anybody traveling internationally is buy a medical travel insurance policy. Um, that's not the kind of trip insurance that's going to pay for your ticket. That's the kind of insurance that's going to get you home. Uh, if you break your leg, have a stroke, have a heart attack or, you know, fall ill in any other way, that's the insurance that's going to get you home, uh, which is the most important part. And, and that was a, that was a good source of business for us. Um, the travel insurance companies would call us and say, hey, we have a member in Florence, Italy who broke her leg. Um, you know, please get her back to the U.S. Uh, we're not doing so much of that anymore, only because Americans aren't traveling abroad much. Uh, what we are doing is we're, re we're doing a, a number of repatriations of foreign nationals um, to their home country who were here and, and fell ill. I, I mentioned uh, Togo, Africa. We had to transport a woman who had a stroke here and was in a hospital for an extended period of time. Uh, but the hospital wanted to get her back to her home country of Togo. Uh, we've done the same thing to... Uh, uh, to several countries in Africa as, as well as India. So that's what we've been doing there. A lot of our transports um, currently are elderly folks who need assistance, um, you know, domestically. Uh, Grandma is in a nursing home in Florida uh, and she may have dementia or mobility impairment and the family is concerned about the risk of, of them traveling uh, to get her and bring her back and they find it's often easier uh, to just reach out to us and we'll send one of our nurses down to to fly grandma from Florida up to New York or Philadelphia or out to California, anywhere else in the in the U.S. Are there any other tips that you can think of as far as outside of like travel insurance? I mean, especially in today's environment where you may go somewhere and then due to restrictions, you may find yourself in a place where I didn't mean to be here this long. Any other tips that what you're seeing that you can maybe uh, tell people? Plan ahead. Uh, you know, plan ahead. Uh, make sure that uh, that you've you've um, looked at the the, the website um, for the country. Uh, make sure that you have the contact information for the U.S. consulate or U.S. embassy in any country that you're going to be. Make sure that you have that on you. Uh, make sure that you have uh, duplicates of all of your of all of your paperwork. Um, and you keep them in separate spaces. So if, if you're traveling overseas, um, take a photograph, take a photograph, or um, take a, a, a printout of your passport and keep that separate from where you would normally keep your passport. Um, just use, if you have a camera, a cell phone, um, you know, make sure you take pictures of that. Uh, have, uh, have extra credit cards. So if you lose your wallet. Um, you have you have credit cards somewhere else. And again, the key is, you know, if you have multiple pieces of luggage or you have multiple travelers, make sure that, you know, different two different people have them. So if you lose one suitcase, uh, you don't use every, you don't lose everything. 
um, I, I always instruct our staff, take cash, um, take, a, take a couple hundred hours in, in US dollars mm-hmm. um, with you, uh, you know, small denominations, you know, five, tens, ones, you know, as, as well. Uh, you know, American cash is always a good way to, to, to go. Uh, it's accepted worldwide. Um, and again, I'm going to go back, you know, you know, make sure you have the phone numbers for the, the U.S. consulate. Um, a lot of our nurses will travel with two cell phones, just one as a spare uh, backup in the event that, you know, your phone drops. Uh, you know, it's amazing. Anybody who has um, broken their cell phone uh, whether they're traveling internationally or they're traveling domestically, um, you know, understands the panic of, of losing that ability to communicate. So a lot of our staff when traveling um, always have a spare cell phone with them. We do it. We do a blog uh, at Flying Angels uh, that I would direct people to do where we have addressed any number of issues as far as, you know, people traveling with disabilities, um, people who need uh, special care. Uh, I would direct people to our our blog, where I'm sure we'll answer many questions that they have about traveling overseas. Yeah. As you know, Bob, we're we're starting to see a, a rise in the, in the number of coronavirus cases. Now, we were talking off air about how your your business and air travel basically shut down in March and April. What are the concerns you have with regards to air travel, uh, both domestically and internationally, as we see this spike in cases? It's going to be a dark winter, I believe. Um, you know, while I am an optimist uh, with this vaccine that apparently is is tremendously effective, um, it will not be available, you know, probably until until the you know summer of of next year. Um, so I think there are going to be a lot of people who are going to get you know, unfortunately, uh, get sick uh, between now and then. You know, will airlines cut back their schedules further? That's distinctly possible. A, a lot of them are are running at, at bare bones uh, schedules right now. So, you know, I'm not sure we'll see another dramatic, dramatic cut uh, in, in the number of flights, um, you know, but we'll, we'll see. I'm not sure that flights will be as full as they are now. Uh, only only time will tell that one. It, it's, you know, I think Yoga Bear said, you know, predictions are often difficult to make, especially about the future. Right. Right. So one more bit of advice for you as far as we know, we, it's been on the news about the uh, potential vaccine. What are you telling a lot of your staff and the individuals that you're you know, transporting as far as between now and then? Is there anything that you're on, on the lookout for? Be diligent. One of the nice things about this vaccine on the horizon is now we know how long this is going to last. This is not a, uh, a pandemic that we're worried about in the next 10 years. This is not something that we need to, you know, to dread. The, the light is at the end of the tunnel. Um, all we need to do is you know, realize you need to stick it out for the next six, seven months. Take your precautions. Um, I was mentioning that our family Thanksgiving is going to be on Zoom. You know, the same thing with Christmas. You know, we know next year that, you know, maybe we'll do it in, in, you know, in person. Maybe we'll like doing it on Zoom better and just stick with that. So that would, you know, that, that just stick with it for the next six months. That, wear your mask, you know, use your hand sanitizer, practice social distancing, you know, and we'll get through this. 
after the pandemic of 1918, 1919, they had the roaring 20s and people had an awful lot of fun. So you don't want to miss the uh, the, the roaring uh, 20s this time. Right. Now, as far as air travel, once again, it, it, like you said, just be flexible, right? Uh, when mm -hmm. it comes to your travel uh, until, you know, the virus comes in, or not the virus, until the vaccine comes around. So just be flexible, do your research. Don't just assume anything, um, it, assume things could change. Take take nothing for granted. Uh, you know, you're right about being flexible. Uh, you know, again, as we were discussing, you know, foreign countries, you know, rules are changing and they change on a weekly basis. So, you, you know, you need to understand, you know, what is the rule this week may not be the rule uh, next week. They may lock things down. They may relax things. You're just going to have to see. Right. Very good. Well, thank you, Bob. So how can people find you? Well, I would I would say that they can find us at uh, Flying Angels. And our, our website is uh, www.flyingangels.com, F-L-Y-I-N-G-A-N-G-E-L-S.com. Um, but what I would recommend and actually prefer is people just Google Flying Angels. Uh, see what other people have said about us. I can talk for hours about what we do, but I would rather, uh, you know, hear from the people who we have served um, in the past and see what they have. Um, I am I'm putting my uh, my contact information as well as links to our Facebook site and uh, my my Twitter handle and my LinkedIn will be uh, will be posted below. Um, but if you Google Flying Angels or you Google Bob Bachelor, uh, just spell my name properly with an ER at the end. Um, um, pretty or pretty easy to find. Right. And I'll just go ahead and just give out your email. Um, if you don't mind, it's B-B-A-C-H-E-L-E-R at flyingangels.com. And the office number there is 610-228-4667. I will say you, your website is a, a nice resource, the blog, especially for individuals that are thinking of traveling. Um, so that is that is a very nice resource. Um Regarding knowledgeable aging, so this webinar will be on our YouTube page. We update our, our YouTube page about five to six times a week, so I encourage you to go into YouTube, type in knowledgeable aging, and subscribe. Uh, you also will find us on our podcast. We can, we're on uh, Spotify, Apple Tunes, et cetera. So there's many ways to find knowledgeable aging information, whether it's on a webinar or on a podcast. Till next time, I'm your host, Jason Kotar, and this is Knowledgeable Aging.